confidence of a professional stuff man Walking the streets, it always smell like an onion But I got the program, my body, soul, and Make it strong as the wind in Chicago land And we're getting stronger every day We're all in the Strength Faction crew So get your chips and load your hips Because our mission is to bring out the best in you, in you, in you Marco Sanchez, how are you, buddy? What's up? What's the good word? Uh, you know, the good word. I guess the good word for today is probably tired. Yeah. A little tired. I, I tell you what, as, as a fellow father and, and uh, entrepreneur, I, uh, it's been a crazy couple months. Man, we had a hard time getting this on the books, didn't we? I know it, things were things were crazy over here. Like you said, I got the almost one year old. I got the wife working full time from home with obviously no daycare, childcare, with everything going on. And uh, we got myself trying to get the gym off the ground and running, and two wild dogs. So it's just it, you know, it's funny. Somebody said to me the other day, and I never thought of this but it's the truest thing ever as my daughter approaches one year old when you have kids it seems like the years are the days are long but the years are quick it's like you know you get to the end of the day and it's like oh what a day I'm exhausted I did so much I did a million things and then all of a sudden you blink and it's already been a year and you're like my goodness where did this last 12 months go so yeah yeah my uh my second daughter just turned one Mm-hmm. And it's it's honestly it's really hard to believe. Yeah, you know it's like, wow. And if, and, and as far ahead. as getting this, as far as getting this call in, yep. what happened last time we were supposed to jump on? Uh, what was it? it? Oh, it was a Friday afternoon, wasn't it? Yeah, and you had <laughs> you you walked into your your new facility. Oh, that's right. I did. Yes. I walked into my new facility on Friday uh, with all intention, all intended purposes of uh, perform better arriving that day for a big install. And there were a couple ceiling tiles on the floor and a giant puddle of water. And uh, I kind of was just like, oh, shit, I guess this is uh, this is what it's like to own a a business. Well, actual brick and mortar location of a business, you know. Yeah, so. welcome to the club. <laughs> and I tell you what, I tell you what, I went to get a coffee this morning. I came into work a little early, got some stuff done, was going to run back out and grab some coffee. Our parking lot was bubbling and water was like, did you ever, do you remember the Beverly Hillbillies, that show? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, in the, in the intro and the, you know, the, the, that, Mississippi mud shooting up through yes, the exactly. through the yes. ground. Okay, that's what it looked like. And now I'm looking out our window, and there's excavators tearing our parking lot up. Ugh. So apparently, water is trying to keep us from being excellent today, and we're not going to let it happen. No, not today, at least. Not at all. It might get us another day. Not at all not today. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations on on. Uh, it looks like the clubhouse is moving along well. Um, tell me about it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, so I didn't even really have plans of opening this week. Um, 
you know, for anybody who knows me, they know I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. And obviously, like, I don't allow that to become a negative. I just am very detail oriented and very organized. Uh, yeah. And for me, I was having a really tough time, like opening the doors and being open and having people come in um, with the sensation of and the feeling of knowing that there was still a lot more work to be done in terms of preparation, like construction isn't even fully complete, like the construction crew has a little pile of tools and a ladder and a shop back in the corner, I got this leak coming in and the ceiling and you know perform better obviously has some back order with equipment so i'm feeling like you know this place isn't really ready to go yet even though it totally is there's plenty of gear right. plenty of equipment in there and um i wasn't even really planning on opening this week but last week i had a few of my sort of long-term athlete clients that i've been training for a while come in on friday and they kind of did like the maiden voyage workout and I just posted a little clip on Instagram and, you know, I was so fortunate that within like the next 24, 48 hours, I had an, a DM inbox full, an email inbox full, text messages and phone calls full of people who had been waiting, who I didn't really even know were kind of just in the weeds, kind of following the clubhouse's process on Instagram. And all of a sudden they were like, oh, great, you're open, like can I come in at this time next week or when's the adult group next week or when's the athlete group next week? So over the weekend, I kind of had no choice but to be like, shit, I guess we're open. Um, yeah. So, you know, here we are. I, I had a golf tournament on Monday that I was committed to for a long time. So I played in that, but really kind of yesterday was like, excuse me, Monday, Tuesday was like the first. Day. So today was kind of day three for us over here um so it's been a long process obviously with covid like i first saw this location back in november uh signed a lease in march i believe end of february early march uh and then within a few weeks you know everything was shut down and it took me until now mid-august almost to get us uh, off the ground and running here are are you happy that it worked out that way? Are you happy that that you kind of got that that push? Uh, yeah. You know the pe- the people wanted what the, what they want. Right. They didn't want to wait for Marco anymore. They wanted they wanted some clubhouse training, and they pushed you off the ledge. And how do you feel after that transpired? Yeah, you know, to be honest, like I was feeling a little un- uncomfortable and underwater about it over the weekend, being like, oh my gosh, like. I haven't even finished writing all the programs. I haven't really done my own kind of walkthrough with like, okay, how am I going to set this up for COVID? Like, obviously I knew all those things were coming, but I still thought I had a couple weeks to kind of do all that. But I guess it's kind of one of these things now where it's been like, uh, you know, like you said, we are forced into it and, and, and I'm happy now because um, I got people coming in and out all day now. And so now I'm feeling really good about it. And obviously there's still a lot of work to be done. There's so many, uh, T's that need to be crossed and I's that needed to be dotted, but we'll get it done. And, uh, when we do, you know, things will be, things will already be rocking and rolling. So that'll be good. Yeah. And I have no doubt that you're being hard on yourself and that <laughs> what you do, what you do have at the moment is, 
absolutely fantastic and it'll only get better. And I'll, as a, as a former owner, uh, facility owner, I'll tell you this, man, it's never exactly how you want it. Mm-hmm. And it's never like the work is never done. Right. So it's kind of like um, owning your house. Like there's a, right. you know, there's always yeah. like a room that needs to be painted or like, you know, that project, uh, you know, that, that old, uh, you know, floorboard in your shed that needs to be replaced or, you know, there's always something by the time you get around always something. to one thing, you're on, you're kind of on to the next. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think uh, I'm excited for you, buddy. And I'm, and congratulations on, Thanks, on the launch and everything's going well. Thank you. Minus the hiccups. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, we're, we're kind of living in one giant hiccup right now. So you know, just go with the flow, right? Right, exactly. You just got to kind of roll with the punches and, um, you know, yeah, like you said, it, it, we're in one big giant hiccup. Like, I'm, I, I, on one hand, I have a ton of people who are, like, available to train right now because they're working from home or, like, they're, they're young adults who are living back home, like, have left Boston and are in the suburbs. And so I'm kind of like, okay, well, like, under normal circumstances, these folks might not have necessarily been available to become members of Clubhouse. So, you know, it comes with its pros and its cons, but we'll get through it. There you go. I have no doubt about that. Hey, so, like, I just recently took over the Strength Faction podcast. You're my official second guest. Um, and well, who was first? I, Todd Baumgartner. All right. There's a pass to the torch. <laughs> and I'm going to be hey, I'm going to be completely transparent. It wasn't because I like him more. All it right. was because it was sure. because there had to be there had to be some sort of formal passing of the torch and you know a lot of pomp and circumstance. <laughs> but uh now we could jump into the good stuff, right? Love it. So you know, where we're at right now in the fitness industry in the world uh and, and with what I'm seeing a lot in the fitness industry, what's going on is like people are making a lot of shifts. People are making moves. People are changing, um, you know, employers. They're going out on their own. They're, you know, creating new things. They're looking for new ways to make money in a, in a rapidly changing landscape. And, you know, when I, when I first met you, I was just like, man, this guy, this guy's kind of been around and he's, he's done a ton of stuff, you know, and as far as like, I think talking to younger coaches and I, you know, thinking back to being, you know, when I was a younger coach and just getting into the industry, it's, it's difficult to see all the possibilities. It's difficult to understand and, and know like, man, there's so many options of how you can make a good living as a, as a credible and, and, you know, good strength coach. And you've touched on a lot of them. And really what I think you could offer people is such a unique perspective on, you know, the realities, the, the unforeseen realities of some of the things that, that people might have misconceptions. And then just how you flowed from one thing to the other, you know, you're a, you're a teacher, you're a presenter, you're, you're, you've worked with, uh, the San Jose Sharks, is that correct? Correct, yep. In, in, a, in a capacity, you worked at one of the most successful gyms on the planet, mm-hmm. probably, right? Yeah. We could say that confidently. 
Um, you started your own business within that and then you, you, uh, and now you're starting your own brick and mortar. Yeah. So there's just a ton of information there that you can share with people. Don't and I think I right now you're in the corporate world too. With Equinox. I didn't. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's go back to the way beginning. Let's go back to real young. Cause you're still young. Let's go back to real young Marco Sanchez. Yeah. He's in the fitness industry and where, where did you start out? All right, so real young version of me is like 2009, sophomore year of college. I, I learned that I can switch my major, my undergraduate studies, from being a, a business management and major with a minor in economics to strength and conditioning, that health science is, is like a thing that exists as a career. Because, like, I never really thought about myself as a personal trainer. Like, I never really aspired to be a trainer. Um, And I didn't even really know that the the job or career coach, strength coach, existed. Um, You know, like, I had never really processed that. That, like, hey, somebody has to train the New England Patriots. Or somebody has to train the San Jose Sharks. Um, And then when I kind of learned that. I immediately made a transition. And so it was my sophomore year of college. I transitioned to a health science major um, with a, like a concentration in strength and conditioning at the University of Massachusetts. And my advisor, excuse me, not my advisor, my 101 professor was a guy named uh, Tim Morgan. He's a chiropractor. Uh, and he just happened to be in the, just outside of Boston, his office. And he um, had Mike Boyle's advances in functional training as the required text and also spoke very highly about internship opportunities that existed in our area. And, you know, had mentioned Boston's kind of a hub. You know, we have Boyle, we have Cressy, um, you know, you can go to Connecticut and you can find some people really close that are really, really good or New Hampshire, um, people who are very decorated. So, I just, you know, on a whim, I said, I'm going to apply for this Mike Boyle's internship. So I put in an application that day online after class. I remember like being in the UMass library and doing it. Uh, And I just remember following up with Professor Morgan right after. I just sent him an email and said, uh, you know, hey, class was great today. Thank you. I wanted you to know that I just applied for that Mike Boyle's internship that you were talking about. And he says, oh, great. I know the internship coordinator. I'll, I'll put in a, a good word for you. So several months went by, and I remember it was the morning after the Patriots had just lost the undefeated season Super Bowl uh, game to the New York Giants. And I was devastated that night, obviously, as like a diehard Pats fan. There was n- there's no game that I wanted more. And I just remember being so heartbroken. And the next morning I got a phone call that I was accepted for the internship. So that kind of flipped me back around very quickly. Um, yeah. You know? And that's a good turn. It was, it was, it was a good time. Thank It was a good time for that to come. So um, I was accepted for the internship and I had never really stepped foot in a strength and conditioning setting um, I had always just kind of gone to commercial gyms, you know, by myself or with my buddies lifting weights or my gym at school. Um, like I had no idea what 
a hang clean was or how to do an, a, a drills in an agility ladder or why plyometrics were important for ACL injury prevention. Like none of this stuff meant anything to me. I was, you know, bench and, and biceps, it, you know, like, so <clears throat> go ahead. Yeah. Is it safe to say that if you saw a twisted agility ladder at that time, it would have no effect on well, you? Well, to be fair, I would not have seen one because the only place I ever went was into Mike Boyle strength and conditioning. But had I seen one, had I gotcha. seen one outside of there, <laughs> someone else, somewhere else, I would have been able to step over that thing. No problem. Um, you know, yeah. so that was really, you know, that summer I was really introduced to programming, program design, coaching, Olympic weightlifting, plyometrics, understanding progressions and regressions, like understanding how to not just build a training program, but how to develop a business surrounding your training beliefs like okay this is how we're going to do this everyone's going to come in here they're going to foam roll and stretch for 15 minutes then they're going to move 15 yards down the turf this way and they're going to start an active warm-up well this group comes in right after them foam rolls and stretches so it was like getting it was like getting business 101 in strength and conditioning as well as strength and conditioning you know master's degree in in 500 hours of coaching in in one summer um and so that's kind of how it all started and and to be fair too like i was not a great intern in the beginning and like mike will even tell you this like i was i had never really had a job that demanded me to work very hard um and i also you know i was a young kid and i had problems with authority and so i kind of marched to the beat of my own drum a bit at times and and um you know i was not a great intern in the beginning of the summer uh by the end what turned out around? I think there were a couple things. I, I think one thing is just sort of getting into an organized place and seeing like, okay, this is how these guys operate and this is how they want everybody to operate. I had never really been thrown into a fire like that. Um, yeah. And then also, you know, my, I, I had a lot of really influential senior staff members when I was young there. Um, you know, Jamie Rodriguez, who's with the New York Rangers, Anthony Mirando, um and you know dan gableman who's at union college nicole rodriguez obviously like getting to watch how these guys performed and how they functioned day to day and like the sort of focus and attention to to detail that they were putting on in their in their mid-20s or me as like a 22 year old i was kind of like all right i i can see now why these are the guys who work here these are the, the people who work here and these are the people that mike you know takes care of um and then i i learned you know, near the end, middle of the summer that Dan Gableman, who I had been spending a lot of time shadowing and working with and sort of being his intern, he was go- getting married that summer. So he's the one he said to me, he said, listen, if you can prove to me by mid-July or whatever it was that you can coach these groups by yourself, I will recommend that you coach these groups by yourself and that when I go, you know, to get married and go for my honeymoon, that we don't need to bring in an existing staff member to coach these groups and have you continue to be like the assistant. So once he kind of said that to me and I had like a target, I was like, okay, cool. Now I know what my goal is, at least my short-term goal for July. So I just really kind of focused to make sure that I won the athletes over and that I understood the program and the progressions and the regressions. Like I wanted to have it memorized. I didn't even want to use my sheet. I, I remember like right. practicing lateral warmups in my backyard 
because like I couldn't skip laterally very well. Like I had never done it. And so I remember being like, how the hell am I supposed to be able to demonstrate this and teach this if I can't even do it? So I just remember like things like that, like practicing ladder drills in my backyard and practicing skipping drills and things like that. Um, so that was kind of my short term goal, which I which I caught, which was great. And then I have no idea if things would have been different if this all didn't come together. But I just remember telling Nicole Rodriguez probably in August I said, hey, I would really love the opportunity to stay volunteering into the fall if that's possible, because I'm a commuter student. I go to UMass Boston in the city and I I live at home. And it was, you know, maybe a week or two later that Mike approached me on the floor and asked me if I wanted to start working part time in the fall. And I was just like beside myself. I couldn't believe it because I was so I was so excited Uh, And I was also so, I I felt like I had really accomplished something because there were a lot of really smart people in my intern class. And I felt, I felt very intimidated. We had, you know, masters of strength and conditioning students from Springfield college who had already been coaching and, you know, some, uh, some adult coaches who had already spent time at the collegiate level. And, and I just remember being told like, Hey, your goal for this summer is to get offered a job. Even if you can't take it, your goal is to do so well that we offer you a job. Um, and so when I got offered the job, you know, it was only me and one other person who were offered to stay on. I, I felt like I had really accomplished something. And it was, well, you it was certainly kind of no did. turning back at that point. At that point, I just became completely bought into the system of everything that Mike was, you know, selling us in terms of continuing education and reading and coaching and hard work and commitment and, and all those things. And it took you know, 10 years, I was there for 10 years for it to all really sink in and get me to a place where, you know, we had the CFSC going after six years. And, you know, I, I had that stint with the sharks for a season. Uh, and it took a long time for all those pieces to come together. But by the time I was ready to leave MBSC, um, you know, as much as I loved it there and I loved everyone there and all the people and all the experiences, I finally felt like I had reached a place where I maximized my potential for learning there. Um, You know, obviously Mike does a great job of bringing people in all the time and the staff is continuously evolving and changing. But in terms of what Mike Boyle strength and conditioning had to teach me from a, from a business perspective, from a systems perspective, just from uh, you know, like how to be a, a good person, or at least what I think is a good person. I felt like I kind of reached the pinnacle um, and the next move was for me to, to, to make a jump into doing something on my own. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's important that you recognize that. I think that a lot of people just get stagnant and they get complacent. And, you know, a lot of people could look at this and be like, man, you're, you're at the, one of the best gyms in the world. You got uh, a great work environment. Um, the best, and... the, the best work environment yeah. in history. like like so why why would anyone possibly want to leave that right right? and and uh i think you had a very valid point right on the head with like man you got a lot to offer and I, i imagine that what you'll see in the next couple months is like marco sanchez's version and and like everything that accumulated over the years uh of working at at mbsc and something really cool is going to happen. 
that you probably don't even see on the on the on the horizon yet. Yeah, right? I mean, I, I hope so. I, I can say one thing for sure is that I'm in an extremely uh, unique situation with where I am with Clubhouse. Um, you know, in in the the people who are invested in Clubhouse and the partnerships that I have that I own this business with, um, where. Mm-hmm. To be fair, we, we have a we have a wild vision. Um, I have a vision of bringing together two pieces of this, you know, whatever we call the fit, whatever we use to define the fitness industry. I almost sometimes look at it as there's two pieces. I look at it one side. You have this piece, um, you know, you have this CrossFit culture, Barry's boot camp, Soul Cycle. This like these companies that do a really amazing, incredible job of building communities and branding and marketing and, you know, selling what their their product is. Um, And we not we may not necessarily be completely aligned with how they go about training. Right. I don't sure I don't necessarily like I'm way too mature in the fitness industry now to like put down other forms of exercise i think that that is just counterproductive and i think anything that gets people moving is great anything that's bringing fitness into someone's world is awesome but i also think that there's a right way and a wrong way to do things when it comes to training and i think that if you look at the other side of that coin we have you know and this is probably the people that we associate ourselves with a little bit more where it's a little bit more of a science-based approach to how we program design and how we assess people and how we build systems and models. And what I really want to do with clubhouse is try to bridge those two divides. Right. I think that it's possible to create a training center that is both really, really, really fun and and upbeat and has this great culture and community and environment um, and branding that also puts such a emphasis on the training side of things, right? Um, right. And I want to open 50 clubhouse locations, like to be completely transparent. Like my goal with... Is that an exact number or is that a, that's a hypothetical? No, that's a hypothetical. My exact number is, okay. my exact number is 69. No, I'm just okay. shout out for show dub there. Shout out to West. <laughs> yeah, show dub. No, but, but honestly, like, and and what I was saying before is like, my unique situation with, with these investors and and my partnerships that I have here with this, with this business is that, you know, a lot of times, and I'm very grateful for this. A lot of times trainers or coaches who want to start their own brick and mortar or open their own business have to really risk a lot. They have to sometimes risk their life savings to, you know, start a business and hope that it takes off. And in a lot of circumstances, that's not really possible. You got, a family, you have yeah. children who depend on you, you have bills, obviously. Um, we're in a very unique situation where we could go open 10 clubhouse locations tomorrow if we wanted to. Um, so all I have to do really with this first location is show that this system works and that this model works and what I want to do works. And I'm very fortunate that we don't really have to wait for the revenue to build up and the capital to build up to say, okay, great. Now we've got enough to go do a second location. Um, I really want to pop these up all over the place, you know, up and down the East coast and wherever it takes me. And as crazy as it sounds, you know, I tell Molly this, Molly and I talk about this all the time. Somebody had to start soul cycle. Somebody, somebody started Barry's boot camp. Somebody started, 
Equinox, right? So, it, you know, yeah. there's no reason that I can't, you know, dream and aspire to do something this outrageous. You know, are the odds, would you say the odds are low? Probably, but it doesn't mean that it's not possible and doesn't mean that I'm not going to aspire towards it. Right, and the and the odds were low for the soul cycle people and the odds were low for anyone that dreams that big. Right. And I love the attitude of why not me? Right, right. Instead of getting intimidated, instead of putting any excuse in front of you to get out of it, you're going after that, that grand idea. And I love it. I love it. So that kind of, that's your journey from, you know, college through MBSC to the clubhouse yeah, there were. What about your presentations? Well, you, you're a presenter. You do perform better. You do CFSC. Yeah. Um, so the CFSC, what you know, is Kevin and Brendan Rierick, Kevin Carr and Brendan Rierick's thing with Boyle, and um, mm-hmm. I was just very fortunate to be there right at the start. You know, when they sort of birthed this thing, I was right there through its infancy. Like I taught the very first course. And um, then I was very fortunate to, uh, you know, teach courses all over the world for the next five years. Um, something that yeah. something that I never really imagined would have happened, um, you know. And it was really the CFSC that opportunity that I was given uh, that really opened the door for me for presenting because. I can tell you right now, like, and Kevin will probably tell you the same thing, and Brendan, like. I, I would not want to watch a video of myself teaching the first CFSE. It would probably make me like cringe at some of the things I said or, sure. or how I carried myself um, versus now having taught it, you know, to over 2000 coaches and 15 countries, it, it becomes a little bit of a, of like, I always describe it as like, it's kind of like acting. Uh, you learn, you yeah. learn the script and then you learn how to make the script a little bit better. And then, you know, I always say, if someone's seen me teach a CFSC more than once, like I apologize for the fact that they're watching the same performance for a second time, because it really is a lot of the same stuff. And, and I get, you get better at your jargon, you get better at, you know, diluting things, you get better at breaking things down to more of an understandable, um, in more of an understandable language. And it gets better and better and better. And that's really sort of what opened the door for me to get involved with perform better uh, and perform better ultimately eventually led to some great opportunities where people just have reached out and invited me to go present, you know, as myself, not being represented with any organization, CFSC or, or, um, you know, perform better. And, and again, like it kind of all goes back to Mike you know, kind of setting that stage to allow us the freedom and opportunity to, you know, pursue the, the CFSC and everything that it's become um, it was just really, when I look back at what I, you know, maybe at the end of my career, when I look back at what I've done in fitness, the CFSC will always be a huge piece of what shaped me into the coach and, you know, person I am now. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine that it would. So, but going into that first CFSC, are you nervous? Were you 
are you were you excited to present did you think you could do it were you confident you know how did it start out to be honest i was i don't remember being too nervous and to to be fair and this just might be my own personality and i don't say it like to sound like a hardo like i'll be the first person to admit like getting a tattoo is extremely painful regardless of what people tell you like it is not pleasant Uh it is not comfortable but for some reason i am someone who just tends to not get too nervous when it comes to public speaking or presenting and i just kind of, i think that the mentality of looking at it and saying okay now this is just the way i coach an adult group or coach a group of athletes at boils this just happens to be a group of trainers you know they're they're paying to be here the same way a group of athletes would be and and maybe i have to obviously go into a little bit more about the why that we don't typically share with our athletes and clients. You know, we just give them, sure. we just give them the how. And, uh, you know, this, here's a foam roller. This is how you do it versus here's a foam roller. This is how you do it. And here's why it's important. Right. So yeah. you're just kind of adding that extra little piece when you're doing that. So for, for me, it kind of just, it, it was just more coaching. Just the audience was a little different, you know? Yeah. What was, what were some of the obstacles? You know, if, if someone came to you as a coach and said, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about getting into presenting and, you know, I have some ideas on what I want to present on and Mm -hmm. what's some advice that you'd give a a young coach looking to get into that? Yes. That's a great question because I get it quite often. You know, people, people always are asking me how to get involved in teaching and presenting. And I say, I always tell people, I think that the first thing you can do and like the best thing you can do is if you're new to presenting and you're new to teaching and you want to get involved is really just volunteer, like reach out to a local athletic director and be like, hey, I'd love to come in and like talk to the student athletes about why strength and conditioning is important or like whatever it is that you that 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 you're good at, whatever your niche is. Right. Um, I think that a lot of times some of these coaches want to like cross the finish line before the race starts and yeah they, you know i think that they really need to spend i mean it's just like it's so cliche but you really do have to just spend some time in the trenches like you have to be coaching a lot you have to sort of build that foundation uh before you can kind of just assume that you're going to be asked to come and speak at perform better or that you're going to be invited to like an ursa conference to give a presentation or nsca conference um i think that you need to spend that time coaching and uh, developing your skills figuring out you know your coaching voice and how you how your coaching voice and your presenting voice the similarities and the differences that exist there and then you actually have to get in front of people and, and you might have to give it away for free for a little bit i think you know, when I was a young coach, I had no problem giving away a free personal training session if it meant that I was going to possibly get a client out of it, right? Uh, and so yeah. I, I think those same rules apply to presenting. Like, here's an opportunity for you to give something away for free that at the very worst just turns into maybe some people approach you after and say, like, hey, I'm interested in your services. Like, maybe you're not getting an opportunity to go present after that, but you might get some clients out of it. Um and I think it just takes, it takes practice. You gotta, you gotta read, you know, certain read or watch certain things about 
learning presentation skills and public speaking skills. One of my favorites is uh, Talk Like Ted. It, it's kind of, uh, yeah. you know, it's a little bit of an it's older one now, but I revisit it from time to time. That one definitely changed the game for me. I read that when we started with CFSCs, and that really kind of changed everything for me. Um, but and I think worst case scenario, you know, you're not really – it's not necessarily all free, right? Like you are getting something out. You're getting a learning experience. You're getting a chance to work the kinks out. Mm -hmm. You're getting a chance to, to, you know, like you said, your presentation, the more you do it, the more you add to it, the more, the, the more sharp you get the, you know, everything comes together a little bit better. So Mm -hmm. even though if, if you're not getting paid for it, you're still getting something out of it. Right. Right. I I couldn't agree more. You know, there's always there's always a positive takeaway from those from, you know, giving your time for or services like, you know, volunteering or giving it away for free. At the very least, you get to walk away and say, like, hey, I feel really good about the fact that I just got to teach a bunch of kids about strength and conditioning who maybe didn't know anything about it. You know? Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. Um so we got business owner, presenter, therapist. Yeah. Where did that come from? <laughs> that just expand yeah. expanding the, the toolbox? Yeah, I mean I guess in two thousand thirteen, you know, Kevin and Brendan were a few months ahead of me on this project that we sort of all three went into together. Uh because I that was when I was with the sharks. So I was like juggling the sharks and and boils simultaneously. So I I couldn't start school then, but at the time we were just getting to a place where we were realizing a a couple things. It wasn't strictly financial. And I always tell people this because a lot of times coaches will see, you know, somebody like myself or Kevin Carr, like having success as a coach and a therapist and think that like, Oh, geez, you know, if I want to make more money, maybe I have to be a massage therapist too. Now that may be true, but I wouldn't do that because you're chasing money. I would do it if you really want to be impactful as a massage therapist. So we decided yeah. in 2013 that we were going to be part of this new hybrid coach therapist that was existing. And to be, to be honest too, Charlie Weingroff is the one who kind of told us like, don't go to PT school. Like, I don't think you need to invest the time or the money to go to PT school. Now, it's very important that I mention that Charlie also says, don't be a shitty PT, be a good massage therapist. And I think that that's really important because I think that there are some people out there who are going to massage therapy school to try to be shitty physical therapists, right? And, and mm. not understanding that where that line in the sand exists and where you need to let your ego go and take a step back and say, okay, this isn't a massage therapy problem. This is a, this is a physical therapy problem, or this is a chiropractor problem, or this, you know, this is is somebody else's issue. And I need to accept that. Um, So he said, don't go to PT school because, you know, I think that you guys will be able to be extremely impactful and do a lot if you simply do your massage therapy license. So it was a 12, 12 month program. Uh, took me about 18 months to get through the whole thing, like with work and everything that was going on, all three of us, they ended up changing, they ended up changing the rules at the school after the three of us graduated, because 
Uh, we we were so behind with just work and everything else going on that it took us 18 months to graduate. And they were like, we can't have this anymore. Like we can't have people spending 18 months here. So, uh, you know, fast forward 18 months, uh, licensed massage therapist right into movement as medicine, um, you know, sort of very fortunate to be inside the four walls of Mike Boyle strength and conditioning with the greatest feeder system imaginable. Um, yeah, you know, and also about it. after a couple of years realizing too, that, you know, we had plenty of people who were coming to see us because they were referred to us from the massage therapy standpoint, not because they were existing MBSC clients. Um, so w- we always did everything we could also to encourage people to join the gym that, that ultimately, if, if you get to fitness, you're going to be as far away from massage therapy as possible, right? Like I want you out on the floor, jumping on boxes and throwing medicine balls, not laying on my table. Um, right. So, so there was a really good, obviously, Kevin and I could never give back as much as we received. It's just the two of us or, you know, a couple other people handling as many massage clients as we could while also being full time inside the gym. Um, but, but it was such a great system and such a great setup, um, you know, for, for both of us for so long, uh, that it really absolutely was so foundational. So, so, so tell me what, obviously becoming a, a massage therapist expanded your capabilities of bringing in revenue. Mm-hmm. How did it impact you as a coach? Well, it just gave me another lens and another tool, right? So, you know, instead of, instead of saying, you know, instead of, let's just take a training example, you know, a client is, let's look at today, for example, a client is, one of my clients is doing her slide board at the end of her training session. And, you know, she's an injury free, pain free client for the most part, 99.9% of the time. And she's just telling me, like, I got this little nagging thing on the inside of my knee every time I push off the right wall. So I'm like, all right, like, let's hop off. And it just gives me a a lens and um, a scope to be able to say, all right, like, let's get on the table and let's figure out what's going on. Like, or let's try to troubleshoot this and, and let's look at what things could be contributing to this. And if we see something, let's intervene. Uh, Where like the old model for me was sort of like, okay, well, let me think inside medial knee. Let's like approach lateral hip. Let's look at adductor. Let's look at superior calf and let's get a foam roller and hit some of those areas. And let's try a few stretches, you know, doing whatever I could have with just a coaching hat. But then it puts me in a position where I can very quickly take my coaching hat off and put my therapy hat on and transition to a, a, a whole nother scope, you know? So that that's yeah, that's dive a little deeper. Yeah, no, that's really how it was able to to um, impact me, and, and I also just think that it made me um, a lot more desirable as a coach because, as we all know, most most of your business, if you're in this industry, the majority of your business is probably going to be from you know upper middle upper class folks who can afford personal training. And the likelihood is that that person is probably somebody who participates in recreational activities like golf or tennis or skiing and is going to, at some point during a training session or before a training session, tell you about something that doesn't feel good. And and it gives me an opportunity to be the person to manage both of those situations 
And, and I think that that is something that's made me pretty desirable as a coach. Um, and I definitely, you know, we obviously see a lot more of coaches in that hybrid role now. And I think that we're just going to continue to see a lot of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we keep mentioning the sharks and, and I myself was fortunate enough to have some, uh, some limited involvement in with the, uh, NHL team for a couple of years. How was your experience with the Sharks? How did that come about? Um, so, uh, interesting story, actually. So, Jamie Rodriguez had that job before I did. And he was kind of like one of my senior guys, definitely a mentor for me during my time at MBSC. And um, I knew he was leaving. And he told me that the position was going to be opening. And he put me in touch with the head strength and conditioning coach in San Jose, Mike Potenza. And I applied for the job and I actually didn't get it. Um, so I applied in maybe 2011 and I didn't get the job. And yeah. I ended up going with uh, someone else. And two years later, that person ended up leaving. And after he left, I applied a second time and I was actually able to get the job that time. Yeah. You did, well, and you didn't you tell them like, don't screw this up, guys. I'm giving you a second chance. <laughs> yeah, right. So I get asked a lot, like about you know, working with pro athletes. Is it all it's cracked up to be? That's all I want to do. You know, younger coaches talk about that pretty often. Um, what's your answer to that question? All right, I'll be completely truthful and honest for the younger coaches is that it's really not like at least for me personally it was not all that it's cracked up to be um i really enjoyed it i thought it was a great learning experience i'm very happy and grateful to have had that opportunity but one thing i learned for sure is that i am much more i'm i i get much more reward from the satisfaction of like kind of like the things we talked about earlier like you know helping the 45 year old guy who wants to run around and play with his kids who has low back pain or like that that woman who's never done a chin-up before in her life and all of a sudden we get there um coaching professional athletes is definitely fun it's definitely has its perks but also you have to remember a lot of it is kind of like babysitting, as I'm sure you're very aware. Like you are working with people who are where they are because they're already really good at what they do. Um, you know, right. so there's not a lot of coaching that goes on. It gives you an opportunity to be a little bit more um, systematic and scientific with your approach to programming design and how you're going to build in-season programs, how you're going to, train the guys who are injured and this and that. And, and I, like, I always look up to somebody like Devin McConnell. Like I think Devin is one of the guys who like sort of sets a gold standard for that. Um, but Devin is just a lot more into that stuff than I am personally. Right. So for me, it, it wasn't satisfying enough for me to be like, all right, cool. Like here's today's program. And now let me go watch like 20 guys execute it perfectly. And I was like, okay, cool, let's do it again tomorrow, you know? Um, right. And, and I think that you, and I think that you get that. And, and one of my other things too, and this was 
you know, unique to my time with the Sharks is that I wasn't allowed to wear my therapy hat. Um, you know, the, the organization has people for that. And I, although I, you know, I remember them telling me in my, not even in my interview, but when I first got to San Jose, they were like, listen, we understand that you're an electrician and a plumber, but we only hired you for electric work. So right. for me, it was kind of like losing half of my identity. The fact that like, I couldn't put guys on the table and do the things that I knew were effective and helping them feel better or helping them move better or helping them be stronger. Um, so I felt like I got sort of half of me stripped away. Uh, and again, like n- n- there's no hard feelings. I'm again, very grateful for my opportunity, but my role as the head strength and conditioning coach at the American league level was one that at least at the time was not really prioritized by the organization. Um, and so it kind of hurt me personally to feel like I was, there was a lot of demand and, uh, and normally I'm not like a big, like money guy, like not everything's about money, but reasonable compensation, uh, I feel like was something that was lacking at the time. It, it really just wasn't sustainable for me to be, for right. me to be doing it. Um, and, and it was a tough pill to swallow considering I knew other guys in the American league who I was friends with and I had an idea of what things looked like for them versus what things looked like for me. And I was like, God, we're we're doing the same job, you know, in the farm system for the greatest hockey program in the entire world here. And, you know, I, I barely got enough money for gas to get to and from the arena. So it, it you yeah. know, it made it, it made it tough. It definitely made it tough. Um, but again, there's no hard feelings. I, I learned a lot. I'm very grateful for the time that I spent there and the opportunity that I had to be a part of something really cool. Yeah, I think that, you know, for myself, man, it was just to be involved with a team that I, I grew up watching and, and really enjoyed. Um, just a, I was a big fan, mm-hmm. you know, and so there's that starstruck period that, that really never goes away, went away mm-hmm. for me. But then like this stark reality of like, man, this is a business. Yeah. You know, that that starts creeping in. You're like, whoa, wasn't expecting that. And then, it, you know, I was thinking about our conversation today. And I remember back to the, I think it was the first time that you and I had hung out in person. Uh, Paul and I came out to see you present at CFSC. Was that the first time or did we hang out? the year before performance. I can't can't remember, remember. but I I remember that we went and got barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the, one of the coaches that was in your class came up to me. He's like, he, he popped that question to me. He's like, man, all I want to do is work with professional athletes. And I said, why? And he said, well, you know, I'm just sick of working with people that show up late that don't want to do what I tell them to do (laughs) that this, and I'm like, I, I stop him right I, right after he said that. I stop him. I go, I said, listen, we train human beings, right? Like, regardless of what they do for a living, they're a human being. And I guarantee you that if you eventually do land a job in professional, you know, in some sort of professional athletic organization, everything that you just said to me is going to either just be present at the same level or exacerbated 
by the fact that you're dealing with young people who make millions and millions and millions of dollars. So good luck, (laughs) you know, like I I didn't say good luck to him like a jerk. I I, I was just like, man, like it's, it's not what you think it is. And and, I mean, I was never having to like, like just real quick, like, you know, I remember there were guys I had to drag into the weight room. There were guys I had to drag out of the weight room. There were guys yep. who I, I couldn't get to show up to the weight room with clothes on. Like they would come lift naked. And I'd be like, guys, come on. Like, yeah. you know, like if, if you think that, you know, you got issues with regular folks who are showing up, uh, you know, a few minutes late. But they, those folks are paying your bills. They could do whatever they want, really. Um, That's right. Yeah, That's I mean, right. all the, they're paying a lot of yeah, people. All bills. those, all those same problems exist, and then some inside when you get inside the the bubble of a professional organization. That's right. That's right. And it's, I mean, I wouldn't recommend somebody not aspire to no. do that. But I would, I, I would be very quick to say that I would, I would say, man. Um, it, it just like anything else, there's there's going to be some challenges and there's going to be days when you're like, what am I even doing here? Yeah, I, <laughs> you know? I always say my experience was very unique to me. And I'm, and what it did was it helped paint a picture for me uh, and helped me identify something that I thought I really wanted to be a part of, that I got an opportunity to be a part of, that I learned really wasn't what I wanted to do. And, you know, that was that was yeah. fine. Um, I will always be able to look back and say, you know, I have my 2013 Sharks jersey that I have, like, framed that I that I keep as sort of my memorabilia, my self-commemoration for that year that I had. And I'll always be able to look at that. And, you know, hopefully my kids and grandkids will look at it someday and be like, oh, that was really cool. You know, like, dad worked in yeah. hockey once. Um, and for me, it was really helpful in identifying what I really wanted to do, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, man. And that's that's kind of what we're talking about here, man. The pieces of the puzzle that, that will eventually complete the, the full picture of your career. Right. And I think you're putting together a beaut well, here, man. Trying. Thank you. So I got, we've been on for quite a while now. I know you're a busy man. I know the nap time doesn't, doesn't <laughs> last too long. So I, I just have one final question sure, for you. Um, I think talking to you intermittently through quarantine and, and kind of, you know, obviously seeing some things on, on social media, you've done a fantastic job of, of adapting um, rolling with the punches and making things happen for yourself. Thank you. What's, what's something that you would think is a dire message to people out there that are struggling right now? Cause I know a lot of people are, a lot of people, um, can't go to work or were let go from work or for some reason or another decided to leave their place and they might be in a bad spot. So, what's the message that you would get across to that individual? Yeah. I mean, I guess the first thing for sure is that, you know, things are going to get better. I, I think it, it's really hard to think about that right now because like you said, like for some people, things are really not looking great right now. And, you know, we got a lot of people in this industry that are, like you said, unemployed or on unemployment or unable to go to work. 
um, and, and it's really, really challenging. And, and I think, I think what's really important, and it's something that I did too during this time, was I sort of started to figure out, okay, like where can I, where else outside of my professional career, if anywhere, can I find opportunities to make or create money, right? And so for me, I was able to investigate and learn more about managing investments. Like that's what I spent a good amount of time on, you know, in the beginning of COVID because I wasn't working. Um, and I was like, well, what can I do? What's the next best thing I can do to help, you know, take care of my family and work towards my family's future. And so yeah. I think that for coaches, one of the, and, and even if like, even if you don't have any right now, like let it be known, like, I was a young coach once with like an overdrawn checking account, right? Like I know what that feels like. I've been, I've been in those places where you're like, shit, like I got $19 right now. And the, the boys want to go to Chipotle. I'm going to be down to $7 after that. Right. Like I, I know right. what that feels like. Like I, I am somebody who didn't always have access, like didn't always have money. Didn't always feel like I had security. I think in this industry where, we have a lot of people who are so passionate and so good and they love doing this and they're so important, right? We need coaches more than, you know, in some cases I put certain coaches over doctors in a lot of instances, right? Certain types of doctors. Um, unfortunately, we yeah. just don't get looked at through the same lens, you know? Um, I think one of the best things. Yes. Yeah, correct. I think one of the best yeah, things yes. a young coach can do is learn about money, uh, learn about Absolutely. budgeting, learn about investing, learn about retirement, learn about savings. Because in reality, there's a statistic that the average American on the average American income, which I think is like $36,000 a year or something like that, might be a little bit higher. The average American, if they work like a full career, will see more than a million dollars of income over the course of their entire life, right? And a lot of people have nothing to show for it. And it's not necessarily because, like, they didn't make enough money, but it's kind of like a game and a system that you can learn how to take advantage of and how to capitalize on. And I think, like, like I said, I took COVID to kind of learn about money and, and, and I actually, like, hired a coach who I paid to teach me about making investments and how to manage my retirement and how to do these things, right. That put myself and my family in an advantageous position. But I wish I had known 10 years ago. I wish 10 years ago, I had just watched a bunch of YouTube videos to learn about different things that you can do. Um, because I think, I think that is honestly like the number one thing young coaches can do because then when you get to a place where like, and I'm not saying like all coaches are going to be millionaires if they do this, I'm just talking about having enough money this is what I always tell my wife. Like, of course, everybody wants to be wealthy. But in reality, what I want is enough money for all the things that we need and some of the things that we want, right? The things that we need are, yeah. you know, food, health, the house, you know, the things that my children, my kids need, you know, dog food, the, the essentials, right? And then a list of realistic wants. Okay, I want to take maybe one vacation a year, right? I want to be able to buy some clothes when I want. I want to be able to afford to send my wife flowers on Mother's Day, right? Little things, right? 
I think if you really look yeah. at it and, and then, and, and you study different ways to manage your money and manage your resources and manage some investments, and it doesn't take much, like you don't have to have $50,000 in the bank to be an investor. You can literally start by investing $1 a day and, you know, right. Yeah. And, and uh, I think that is probably the most advantageous thing that coaches can do because it also, so much of it goes back to, you know, our secondary and undergraduate education. Like they don't, you're not taught how to apply for a mortgage. They don't teach us how to do our taxes in school. You know, they don't teach you how to not cheat your taxes, but they don't teach you where as a coach, you can take advantage of potential tax breaks, right? All those right. things are available to you. Um, for free on the internet, or, you know, you could always pay somebody to help you. Uh, and I think that once you get into a place where you feel a, lo- a little bit more secure about your financial position and where that is, will really allow you to then just be able to focus on your craft and doing what you love and become really, really good at that, you know? I tell you what, man, I, I love that answer. And it's so true because I owned and operated Rebel for six years. Um, I had a business partner. We had a great product. We had a great culture. We had a great environment. We were so bad with Mm. money. It's like so miserably bad with money. Business-wise, personally-wise, I was that guy. I was that guy like, you know, like, oh, you want to go grab a beer? I was like, "Uh, let me (laughs) see if I can do that. (laughs) You know what I mean? And – and like my credit was mm-hmm. crap, um, and w- you know we we had a great. Despite that, we had a great run, and since then, I've you know I've my wife has helped me tremendously. Um, growing up, starting a family has helped me tremendously. You know, because it's just like anything else. You gotta have you gotta have the motivation right. to want to do it. Right? You're not gonna you're not gonna lose the weight. You're not going to, you know, fix your finances. You're not going to fix your career unless you really want to do it. And, the, you know, I really wanted to do it, and it became kind of easy. You know, I got help when I needed it. That's the hardest and, part. The hardest you know, part is, is admitting when right. you need help and, like, taking that first step to actually doing it. Or, like, you know, it can be embarrassing. Like, I remember, like, being with my 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 brother is the one who's helped me with this right sort of laying it all out and being like this is what it looks like and he's like all right i'm not here to judge you i'm here to help you make this work now so this is how we, this is how we right because you know no one wants to no one wants those words to pass right. their lips like i'm i'm broke and i don't know right. how to fix it and and i'm bad at managing money and because you feel like a dunce but you know like if we could help anyone today, I would say like, man, if you could just let the ego go a little bit and get out there and get help with that kind of stuff, it makes a world right. of difference. Um, and you know, now I look back on it and I think about some of the things I did with Rebel and I was like, man, if I knew now what, or if I knew then what I knew right. now, what, what would have happened? But I don't get hung up on it too much because I'm I'm having fun regardless. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great, man. I've I've really enjoyed talking to you. It's been too long. Um, when's the where, where can people go uh, to find you? Yeah, I know. I'm a, 
I mean, I'm a, yeah. I'm a huge Instagram guy. I love using Instagram. Um, so my personal Instagram is not Mark Sanchez, all one word, no underscores, nothing like that. Mark with a K. Um, and from there I have my clubhouse Instagram, which is the clubhouse. Uh, and that is, doesn't have any content yet because I felt, again, this was like my attention to detail OCD stuff kicking in, like. I'm waiting. Right. I'm, I'm waiting to have like a, I'm waiting till all my equipment is in, and then I have a, a professional photographer to come in to do headshots and professional photos of the facility and this and that. Because I'm like, I can't just like lead by throwing something out here. So there's no content on that. I do post on the story and stuff like videos of athletes and clients working out and things like that. But most people can find me at or the most content that I have you can find at not Mark Sanchez. Uh, and from there, you know, inside Instagram, you can always very easily just email me or DM me if you have any questions or want to talk about anything or whatever. I'm always I'm always available. One thing that I learned from Mike, which is awesome, that I still love is like I answer every email or every DM like, you know, if people have questions or want to talk about something. I answer every single one. Um, you know, I don't. I don't charge for my time like that or anything like that. You know, I, I'm all, I'm always That's down beautiful. to chat and, and, and share, share some knowledge and just have a good talk. Well, I tell you what, man, everything you bring to the table is, is everything we need more of in, in the industry and in the world. You're a great person. And I'm glad you shared your time. Thanks, with man. Me I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited for, to, uh, to see this this podcast keep rolling i'm glad i got an opportunity to be number two <laughs> yeah <laughs> you will forever be that's, my number you know two what? that's so good thank you hey you're gonna get some ribs going this weekend or what you know my rib games we yeah. just moved um my rib game is my skip my schedule is not where i would like it right now but I'm absolutely going to christen my new my new grill or the grill at the new house uh, with awesome. a rib meal. Well, make sure you send me a picture. I, I know, always buddy. do every <laughs> single rack. All right, Marco. Hey, it's been you great, too. man. Um, all the best of luck to you uh, with Clubhouse and uh, keep being a great day. Thanks, brother. Coach, you too. Man. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Bye now.